The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you can't get pumped up to race in front of a standing room only crowd, you're not human. It is one of the best venues in NASCAR. In the Finger Lakes region of upstate New York sits Watkins Glen. It is home to one of two road courses NASCAR runs in the Monster Energy Cup Series, and crowds could exceed 100,000 on Sunday for one of the most anticipated races of the year. Welcome into NASCAR America, everybody. Carolyn Mano, joined by our NASCAR on NBC reporter, Nate Ryan. Nate, glad to have you in studio with me. Let's get into some of the headlines as we look towards a very busy weekend at Watkins Glen. Martin Truex Jr. looking for his third consecutive win on a road course. The reigning cup champ won last year at the Glen. He won this past June at Sonoma. NASCAR, like we alluded to, expecting its fourth straight Cup Series sellout at this weekend's venue, Watkins Glen. Arguably the best track atmosphere that you are going to find all year long. And four straight is exactly what Christopher Bell is looking for Saturday. After wins at Kentucky, New Hampshire, and Iowa, the 23-year-old Xfinity star aiming for a record-tying fourth consecutive win. It was a little bit of a rainy start, Nate, to the weekend for Bell and the Xfinity Series regulars in practice. There were some cars, though, that did brave the elements to take to the track. And Christopher Bell was out there. He, of course, has become the odds-on title favorite getting out on the track, navigating some wetness. Yeah, and first time at the track, uh, Carolyn, so NASCAR mandates all drivers making their first trip to Watkins Glen had to make a lap today, even though it was raining. Kaz Gralla was back at the track this weekend after missing Iowa. He said he wasn't going to miss an opportunity to collect some info out there if he had the chance. Yeah, they actually made a few more laps than anybody else did, and that was because, as Kaz Gralla said, hey, we bought these rain tires, you might as well take advantage of them. Yeah, I love the attitude. Tyler Reddick already in the playoffs after a win at Daytona, but you see a little bit of squirreliness there. A little there. bit out of shape, but he didn't seem to mind. He said he's hoping that he can bring a rain truck to the track And tomorrow. there's Brandon Jones, eighth in the playoff standings in good shape as well, but a little bit of uh, back and forth there too. Yeah, uh, again, like it, these guys are going to Washington for the first time in the Xfinity Series, so they had to make a lap today. Thankfully, no one got completely out of shape. Well, there are seven drivers, Nate, that are slated for double duty at Watkins Glen. Two of them, Joey Logano and A.J. Allmendinger, who have different goals for Sunday's Cup race. Joey Logano really wants that momentum for the playoffs, while A.J. Allmendinger really just wants to get there with a win. The speed that we have right now is not enough uh, to win the championship right now. We have to get better, uh, no doubt. So um, the only way we, I know how to get better is you got to try new things. Um, you have to be willing to, to change as, as a driver, as a, as a team with, with setups, the way we build cars, our thought process, things have to change to be able to keep up with the, with the top three cars right now that, that we constantly talk about and we constantly see winning. It's one of the, the best natural road courses that we have in, in the U.S., I think in North America in general. So 
Um, for that reason, I mean, it's just a fun racetrack. I wish we ran all of it. You know, I wish we ran the boot and everything. That would make it really exciting. And why are you in the Xfinity race this weekend? Because uh, GMS asked me to be in it, and it's a race at Watkins Glen. I mean, why not? It's uh, I haven't done an Xfinity race since uh, the, the two races I did with, with Team Penske at, at Road American Mid-Ohio. and uh, You know, they... Uh, I felt fortunate they came to me and, and asked me if I wanted to do this race with them and uh, said, for sure, I love this place. Um, any type of race car that you get to be in around here is is an awesome thing. Anytime a race team wants you to drive a race car, you know, especially for me, it, it's, uh, it means a lot. <laughs> Let's start with the good with Almendinger Nate, and that is it seems like he has the right mentality, the approach, the right attitude um, to take a weekend on like this and to add Xfinity on top of it because, as he mentioned, hey, they asked yeah. me too. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, and five years since he's actually run the Xfinity Series at Watkins Glen, so that is a chance for him to get some extra laps on the track, Carolyn. But if you look at how A.J. Almendinger has performed recently, he's probably also getting an Xfinity car because it, he hasn't really been up to snuff on the road courses, despite him having this reputation for being so good since that win, his only win in the Cup Series at Watkins Glen four years ago, only one top five in his last eight starts on road courses. So despite the fact that this guy has such a reputation, Carolyn, for being so good at turning left and right, the results haven't really been there recently. Why do we continue to tag him then as the driver that could potentially shake things up, especially for those drivers on the bubble? I think that he could really shake things up still here, Carolyn. I mean, he, again, he's He's got a, a road course prowess about him. And even though I think he feels as if he can't carry the car as much as in the past four years ago, I think the drivers had more of an influence, more of an impact on the results of a car. Now the car has become a little bit more dominant than the driver in the equation. He's still a guy who he's won the Xfinity Series on road courses. He won at Watkins Glen in the Cup Series. If he wins on Sunday at Watkins Glen, he's going to make a lot of other Cup drivers nervous who are currently sitting in that points position of trying to get in the playoffs. What realistically should be what he's looking for as a driver that hasn't had the top five results since that last win a number of years ago? I mean, top five, top right. ten, everybody immediately just assumes, hey, he's going to get that win and shake things up. I mean, what is what is realistic for him? Yeah, I heard Parker Kligerman was talking today on our NBC Sports app coverage, uh, Carolyn, about the fact he had talked to AJ, and AJ told Parker, top five is probably what they're shooting for. I mean, he'd like to get a win. Obviously, that win is probably the only way his team gets in the playoffs right now, and this is the best opportunity, but I think realistically, again, knowing that the driver can't make as much of a difference, AJ Allmendinger said today in the media center that he's looking at Harvick, Kyle Bush, Martin Truex Jr., like everybody, yeah. you start there, and then maybe he'll get a chance. If all three of those guys falter, maybe he'll get a chance to get a win. Yeah, what else is new? The big right. three have set the bar, and everybody else is looking at them. There is another double-duty driver, though, um, at the Glen, and that's Daytona 500 champion Austin Dillon. He and a number of guys really putting a ton of work in this weekend, racing as much as they can. He spoke with Parker Kligerman about his chances for the weekend and how he's improved his skills as a road racer. Austin Dillon is doing double duty here at Watkins Glen, and Austin didn't get any practice in the Xfinity car because it's been raining. Does that kind of hurt you a little bit in getting that Xfinity car? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer, but, um, you know, we'll go after it tomorrow in qualifying and see what we got. We have notes off of last year's um, two-team had a pretty good run with Paul Menard, so we'll probably have something similar in our car to that and uh, just work our way wherever our starting position is to the front, and hopefully it is the front. That would be great. Uh, everybody's going to have a green track tomorrow, so it'll be interesting who gets after it first. And let's assess your road racing. Obviously, 
looking ahead to the Cup Series on Sunday. I know it was a bit of a struggle many years ago, but feel like you've really improved a lot. Is running both races part of that, and do you feel like you have improved on the Cup side road racing? Yeah, it's going to be nice to, to come back to the Xfinity Series and run an Xfinity race. Anytime you can get more track time on a road course and around other guys in a road course, it's just a different style of racing. So I've gotten much more comfortable over the years and shifting and braking. That was a struggle early on. I feel comfortable in that situation now. Now it's just running around guys more regular and going right and left. So I'm pumped for this weekend uh, coming back to the Xfinity Series to run Watkins Glen, and uh, hopefully it definitely pours over into Sunday's performance. And what's a successful day on Sunday? Successful day would be a top 10. Uh, we get in there in top 10, score some stage points. Um, that would be great, and hopefully at the end we have a shot to make something happen. That's it for Austin Dillon, trying to make something happen here at Watkins Glen. Just quickly, Nate, is that the right approach that Austin Dillon should take? Listen, shoot for a top 10. We're in good shape. All right. these teams are pushing towards the playoffs. I mean, is that kind of business as usual? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that team knows it's in the, the playoffs with the Daytona 500 win. And at this point, it's all about, you know, how do we gain some stage points? How do we maybe create some separation in the standings? But there's nothing that's probably going to happen Sunday that's going to change the fact that, hey, we're in the playoffs. We have the five uh, playoff points from Daytona, and that's where we start. Let's go back to Joey Logano for a minute, if we can, because we were talking about A.J. Allmendinger earlier, but we did hear from Logano as well who's in a very right. interesting position here. When you hear him assess some of the challenges that they're dealing with and things that they need to do to move forward, what stands out to you? Uh, two things, Caroline. One, he pretty much admitted that they are prioritizing his teammates right now. Ryan Blaney and Brad Keselowski are not in the playoffs. Joey Logano is by virtue of his victory at Talladega. So, I mean, he didn't hide the fact that he said, we're here to win, but right now those other two teammates are getting priority in terms of the focus. And then the other thing he said that I thought was really interesting, Carolyn, is he said it, we heard it, they don't have the speed right now to be championship contender. And they are looking at what Truex and Bush and Harvick are doing. They know what they need to get in their cars to get there, but they haven't figured out quite you know, the setup that they need, the pieces that they need to do it. So they're, they're experimenting. Um, so it's not as if Joey Logano's team isn't trying to win, but they're coming into each weekend knowing that, one, our teammates are the priority. Two, we're trying a lot of just kind of crazy off-the-wall stuff that one out of ten times might work. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, again, that team is in the playoffs is, already. Is there any way to get a sense right now of how far away they may be for where they need to go in terms of focusing in on being ready for the playoffs to he, contend? You know, Joe Ligano was asked that, Carolyn, and I think that he gave an interesting answer in that he doesn't know how far off they are, <laughs> and I don't think the team does, but they feel as if they're close enough that if one of these things that they're trying, if they hit on something, they can, they can catch up. Because, again, they don't know exactly what those teams are doing, Harvick, Bush, and Truex, to be better, but they know how their cars are working to get there. And they just need to figure out, like, how do we get our cars to do what their cars are doing to, to run that Yeah, quickly. and he knows what the pressure of the playoffs feels like. This is a driver that's missed the playoffs. Right. This is a driver that was contending as part of the championship for as recently as 2016. So a lot of work to do on there. And coming up, we are going to hear from Christopher Bell, who can make some history if he earns that fourth consecutive Xfinity Series win on Saturday. More on that and more on his recent comments about his future when NASCAR America returns. Nate will weigh in. Stay with us. Indy 500 champ Will Power wants a Pocono three-peat, but the question is whether he can keep points leader Scott Dixon in his rearview mirror of Verizon IndyCar Series racing from Pocono. That is Sunday, August 19th, right here on NBCSN. What I love about racing is being able to compete and knowing that you're the best one that day. He goes on the spin and win at Kentucky. Yeah, thank you guys. 
I thrive on the fact of beating people and being the best. David beats Goliath! Christopher Bell wins! Oh yeah, baby! Christopher Bell will win three in a row! Tomorrow, Christopher Bell can tie Sam Ard's record of four consecutive Xfinity Series wins, but this week, Bell and his boss, Joe Gibbs, had a difference of opinion on what Bell's future should be. Gibbs said another year in the Xfinity Series would be valuable, while Bell said that he's ready for Cup right now. Here is what Bell said today, earlier in the media center. Earlier this week on the teleconference, you uh, expressed your desire to hopefully be running in the Cup Series sooner rather than later. Will you be content to run another year next season at Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I love racing in the Xfinity Series and, um, you know, it's a, a great place for me to get seat time and uh, compete with, you know, some of the, the best drivers in the world. And, uh, you know, if the opportunity comes to go cup racing, if it was allowed, I would I, I would prefer to run full-time Cup Series and full-time Xfinity Series. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be excited either way. And, and uh, as of right now, it looks like I'm going to be running the Xfinity Series. And I'm super excited about that. I've got a great crew chief, a great team at Joe Gibbs Racing. This uh, number 20 group does a great job. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Hmm. Something of an about face <laughs> from just a couple days prior where he made it very well known that he wants to be in the Cup Series right away. Unfortunately, you can't do it all. You can't do full-time in Cup Series. No, no. As he noted, but, that's against the rules. But it yeah. seems like he uh, is very grateful for an opportunity now to have another shot at Xfinity should that arise. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, Carolyn, he walked back what he said Wednesday you know, fairly significantly. And I think that you know people from Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing both probably talked to Christopher Bell and said, look, we understand that you're very very excited about wanting to get to the, the Cup Series and be there as quickly as you can. But at this point, we've got you slated for the Xfinity Series next year. We don't have any other plan for you right now for Cup. That's what Coach Joe Gibbs said on Wednesday. And, you know, that's where things stand. You know this day and age well, the social media day. Everybody can see everything that you say. He asserted himself in a way earlier this week that was memorable. So I even wonder now that he's backtracked a little bit and said that he would okay, be okay with this opportunity. Is the damage done to a certain extent? And I don't mean damage as in damage. I just mean everybody still knows, I think, where he stands or where he feels he should be. Yeah, well, you know, Christopher Bell has leverage right now. And there have been a lot of drivers, you know, we heard Parker say this the other day on the show, Carolyn, there have been a lot of drivers who didn't always use that leverage when they were younger and they allowed the team to set the course of their career and then they may have ended up in a place where they didn't want to be. And I think drivers feel a certain sense of autonomy and feel a certain sense of, hey, we want to be ensuring that if I want to race in the Cup Series, that's where I'm going to be in a few seasons. Yeah. But I think, again, like to, to look at the other side of this, for Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing, Toyota especially, they're looking at what happened with Kyle Larson a few years ago where he was in their camp, they couldn't find sponsorship for him, he went to another team obviously has become you know one of the great drivers in in the cup series today and they think christopher bell has that potential and they want to keep him in their camp and when christopher bell goes out there and says hey i, I feel like i'm wasting my time in the xfinity right. series next year i think there's a sense from the team and toyota saying well you know don't put that kind of pressure on us don't like let other teams know you're that available we want to keep you right here you're just gonna have to be patient yeah that makes sense 23 year old trying to strike where the iron's hot right. he does have a lot of leverage we don't know where he's going to be in 2019 but one of the things we do know is that he can help his cause greatly with another great run tomorrow you mentioned earlier on the show he's never raced at the 
David Glenn. So does that mean lowered expectations on that on his part? Uh, we asked he was asked about that earlier and here's what he had to say. Christopher Bell going for four Xfinity Series wins in a row this weekend here at Watkins Glen. It's been a pretty good stretch for you up to this point, but we're at a road course. First time here. What are you expecting going into this weekend? Honestly, Dylan, I don't know what to expect. It's uh, it's going to be difficult. I'm just coming in here with an open mind. Uh, as far as my road course background, I've went to Canada twice with the truck series and uh, felt like I had decent speed going there and felt like I was fairly competitive. Last year, I got to go to Road America with the Xfinity cars and I was not competitive at all. So that definitely has my confidence down coming into Watkins Glen, Mid-Ohio and, and Road America again. So. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to get to learn too much in practice here with it being a dry race tomorrow, but um, just going to go in there with an open mind, try and make sure I hit all my shifts, don't miss a gear, and, and try and finish this thing and load it in the trailer. Do you worry about four wins in a row, or to you, does, is that important? Uh, you know, obviously it would be cool to win four in a row, but the odds are stacked against me this weekend, that's for sure. Going to, let alone a place where I've never been to, but going road racing at that, it's going to be really difficult. and. Uh, so it's, you know, I'm just along for the ride, you know. So uh, hopefully we'll get the opportunity to win some more races later in the year. We have a lot of good racetracks left for us in the playoffs especially. So uh, I think that fifth win of the year is hopefully coming. Just I, I'll be surprised if it's this weekend. What are the challenges of this place in the dry? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been here before, but it seems like this place you hustle a lot. It's a really fast road course. and. Uh, there's a lot of places where you have to attack really hard. So I'm going to try and do that without tearing my stuff up or missing a shift and, and stuff like that. So uh, it's going to be very difficult. And um, my number one goal is to load this thing in the trailer. Well, as he said, it's going to be a tough challenge for him this weekend to get win number four in a row. But he's up to it. Christopher Bell ready to go here at Watkins Glen. And our thanks to Dylan Welch for that, standing out in the rain, grabbing those <laughs> interviews for us. What do you expect from Christopher Bell well, this weekend? I, I think top five would be a good finish for him. As you heard him say, he doesn't really know this course very well, Carolyn. So I think that he goes into this knowing if anybody else from this car was in this car, they'd probably be the favorite. But because it's Christopher Bell and his lack of experience on road courses, I don't think he's a favorite for tomorrow. Okay, coming up next, we are going to go back to Watkins Glen. We have Dave Burns out on the scene as well. He caught up with Kyle Larson and Dave and Kyle discussed a full schedule of racing this weekend. And also his son, Owen, who, I don't know if you caught this up, was showing off for the cameras at Pocono last week in very cute moments. Stay with us for that conversation right here on NASCAR America. Yuck. <laughs> hitting the road this weekend at Watkins Glen and while Kyle Larson has shown speed on the road courses his results have been mixed and as he told Dave Burns he hopes running in Saturday's Xfinity Series race will help him do well in Sunday's main event. Carolyn Kyle Larson is in the Xfinity race this weekend again and I've noticed that every year you've been able to run it you have run it what's the big attraction for you running on Saturday? Oh I think it you know we don't get to do a whole lot of road course racing so it uh it just helps you get into rhythm quicker. So, um, yeah, I've been been having fun doing it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if it helps me quite as much now as it did the first couple of years, but but it always it always helps a little bit. Does it help a little bit more uh, because it's Watkins Glen and it is a very fast road course? 
the rhythm different? Uh, I don't know. I mean, rhythm's always important at any racetrack, whether it be an oval or a road course. So um, I've always felt like whenever I do double duty, it, it helps me. So, um, but I think it just gets me up to speed quicker, and, and that way when I jump into the cup car, I'm not I'm not taking 10 or 15 minutes to, to get used to you know shift points, braking points, things like that. So. Um, yeah, I think that's where it kind of helps you most for, for um, a road course is just benefiting your practice time in the cup car. We're catching up with Kyle at his home, away from home, the motor coach, which reminds me, son Owen is usually about somewhere doing something. Uh, last week at Pocono, he loves our robotic cameras and um, I believe even had a chance to uh, try out the weather worthiness of them. Did you uh, witness all that? I did witness it all and uh, I was on daddy duty by myself last week, so it's hard for me to discipline him. Uh, you know, mom Mom can usually be a little more strict, I feel like, when people are around watching. But uh, we got home and we had a nice talk with him about no spitting on cameras, uh, no spitting on anything. That's been a big, big deal. He likes to... Kids like to spit. Oh, it pisses me <laughs> off. But, uh, yeah, he knows now. So um, hopefully next time we have an in-car camera, he won't be doing any spitting, just some funny faces. All right, well, it's spitting rain around here today, Carolyn. We're not sure exactly how much racing Kyle will get done uh, on the track today, but uh, we know that spitting at home is uh, not allowed anymore. That's right. That gets you a timeout. No spitting on anything. I think it's very funny that that happened on daddy duty, probably just yeah. coincidentally, but it just feels like if Kyle was in charge, then something like this right. might happen, Naturally, of course. Naturally, he's going to take advantage, right? Mm, yeah. Yes. But let's talk a little bit about the weekend. He mentioned uh, getting as much race time as he can, and he said that it just helps him get a feel for the car, and I imagine a lot of drivers feel that way. Yeah, and in the case of Kyle Larson, Carolyn, I think for him, he's qualified well at Watkins Glen, but he hasn't finished well there. So again, whatever extra laps you can get. And you know, I think it's funny, in Kyle Larson's case, he wanted to do some extra laps today in the rain, even. Yeah, um, he, he brought up, let's bring up the tweet that he sent out. How funny is this, Nate? Do we have it? <laughs> Me wanting to run laps in the rain. A little cat with big eyes. It says, please, please, can I do it? It's so funny. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's such a great, um, just another little piece to put in the pot. This guy just loves to race. Yeah, he's a guy who loves racing and obviously just wants to be out there in any sorts of conditions, whether there's dirt on the track, whether it's paved, whether there's rain. But I think also, Carolyn, what's interesting here is that NASCAR has never had a cup race run during a rainstorm. And uh, if it were to rain Sunday... Uh, and they slap rain tires on, I think Kyle Larson probably felt as if, hey, if I get some laps out there, even if it's, if it's in an Xfinity car, it's in the rain, I'm going to understand what the car feels like with rain tires on that are different from the ones you use in the dry. You, you could sort of like, you know, maybe improve your chances for, for finishing better if, uh, if it's raining. Yeah, and is that just a, a confluence of different factors, the fact that it's at the road course, so maybe not that many opportunities, and also if there has been an opportunity here or there, just for whatever reason, not making the decision? Right, it's just, it's large largely circumstantial. I mean, NASCAR has run Xfinity races in the rain before, but with the Cup Series, it's just, it's never presented the opportunity where it's rain during the course of a race where they would say, hey, let's switch the rain tire. So if it were to happen, uh, I think drivers would prefer to have just a little bit of experience with that. And I think Kyle Larson's probably cognizant of that as well. Yeah, and Dylan Welch did a great uh, job today out at the track showing the differences between the tire. They're so completely different. Softer tire, those deep right. grooves in there. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Let's switch gears now to Hendrick Motorsports just for a moment um, and look at the year that they've had, Nate. So, as you can see and as we've been talking about, this team has just struggled mightily to get more speed out of those new Chevy Camaros. Right now, three of their drivers holding those last three playoff spots. And Nate spoke to the man at the top. He spoke to Rick Hendrick in the latest edition of the NASCAR on NBC podcast. 
I didn't think it would be this tough. I underestimated the car change. I'm really proud and happy with the people um, because we definitely are not used to this kind of year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we won 17 in one year, and that was like it's automatic. Four championships back-to-back with Gordon and Terry, and then five with Jimmy. And you think, hey, this is this is easy. And then we, we underestimated how much better the competition was going to be and how much work we needed to do to the new car. Uh, it's a great piece, but we decided at the end of the year we were going to kind of change the way we did things, put all the crew chiefs and engineers in one building, and rework the facility here, change the way we operated. Well, with that and the new car and the shifting drivers and teams, crew chiefs around, it was a load. And we got behind. And uh, we're trying to catch up. It, it has been one of the toughest years I can ever remember. But I feel like we've got the best effort organization of people working together in the face of not being successful as we, we want to be. But uh, we'll get there. And that's what I tell the folks. Hey, surrender is not in our book. And we keep seeing a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Were you surprised, Nate, at how forthcoming he was with the struggles? Yeah, I mean, he's very candid, I think, about the fact that uh, they got behind on figuring out the new Camaro and that they did this off-season overhaul in which they basically restructured all of their teams, put all of their crew chiefs in the same building for the first time, and he said they didn't really use the competition as much of a benchmark. They, they underestimated where the competition was going to be as to where they were. Just quickly, did you see anything at Pocono that leads you to believe that they're catching up? Uh, yeah, definitely, Carol. I mean, they, they had three drivers in the top 10 there. Jimmy Johnson finished 17th, but Byron and Bowman and Chase Elliott both all in the top 10. That's going to be an encouraging sign. That's indicative of progress. I, hey, I we're think getting so. there. I think that tells you that, like, in terms of their cars, they were a little bit further along at Pocono than they were a month mm -hmm. ago. Okay, you can definitely listen to the NASCAR on NBC podcast in its full duration. It's, um, it's great if you want more from that. But if you look at Watkins Glen and what they're up against this weekend, I wonder, Nate, how right. large... Watkins Glen is looming when you consider the team's performance there over the last decade. Not great. It's not very good, Carolyn. Um, and uh, you, you look at those main stats there on that graphic, but the, at the bottom, they've only had one top 10 finish in the last four races at the Glen. So they're running four cars in each of those races. That means they're one for 16 in the last four races right. in terms of getting top 10s. And this has been a great week for Hendrick, as you mentioned, Carolyn. They had the great race at Pocono. They had the, the news of Alex Bowman's extension and Nationwide returning as a sponsor. But all of their guys right now who are in the playoffs, the three guys, Johnson, Elliott, and Bowman, are in on points. And based off of what we know in their results at Watkins Glen recently, if they have a bad weekend like they've had you know, in recent history. That uh, momentum just comes yeah, to a full I, stop. Your points situation can go like that yeah. immediately. Okay, yeah. well, something to watch this weekend. We come back. Nate has a very special look at Watkins Glen and how it's evolved over the years. This is really, really cool. It's a unique American venue, and its history of rock and roll and racing have been intertwined so beautifully for decades. More from Nate on that when we come back. Stay with us. There is plenty on the line for drivers still desperate to make the playoffs a perfect time to head to Watkins Glen, where six different drivers have won the last six races. Race coverage is Sunday at 3 Eastern on NBC. Countdown to green, 2 Eastern on NBC.
It's such a unique scenery with all the people camping in the infield. The amount of cans that are collected by Sunday morning is something else. It's obviously a different skill set than it takes for an oval, so you have to adapt and grow your style. There are trouble spots around this track that the drivers will have to deal with. Watkins Glen is really fast. When you have an accident there, it's a massive wreck. Good crash, bud. My focus when I go to road courses is to not wheel hop, not spin out, don't break anything. You always try to push it, get a little bit more in a braking zone, try to get back to the gas a little bit sooner. All the while trying to be really smooth so you're not abusing your tires, your brakes, your transmission. My focus is to not drive too hard in turn one. Hopefully the brakes work when you get to turn one. There's a lot at stake this weekend, but back in 1973, Watkins Glen hosted one of the most iconic rock and roll concerts of all time. And today, fans of the Glen don't come for the music, but with NASCAR as the main headliner, they still get a ticket to one heck of a show. And you saw why right there. Nate Ryan has more on how the Glen is entertained through the years. If ever there was a racetrack that has marched to the beat of its own drummer in building an audience, it's Watkins Glen International. The 2.45 mile layout in Western New York that is the epicenter of NASCAR's road course renaissance. And once, the rock and roll universe. It was 45 years ago last Saturday that Watkins Glen drew an estimated 600,000, only a quarter of whom actually had tickets, for Summer Jam, a 15 hour party featuring the Allman Brothers, the band, and the Grateful Dead. What a long, strange trip it's been that nearly half a century later, Watkins Glen still remains a crowd pleaser, though stock cars have replaced guitars as the unlikely star attractions. Cup racing has found an appealing groove with the right turns, elevation changes, and S's of the Glen. Though it also has its bumps and bruises. Holy moly, holy. Sunday's race is poised to become the fourth consecutive sellout at the track whose packed and raucous campgrounds have been entertained by some show-stopping efforts from a diverse bill of performers. Six years ago, Marcus Ambrose, Brad Kozlowski, and Kyle Busch turned in one of the most compelling final laps in the last decade. He's in the grass! Ambrose is in the grass! Man, I can't believe it! Joey Logano scored a memorable last lap dash past Kevin Harvick in 2015. Burning it down for real. <laughs> and A.J. Allmendinger enjoyed a hard-fought first win on an emotional day the previous year. <laughs> the two greatest road course racers in NASCAR history, Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart, famously traded leads on track and nearly roughed each other up off the I'll slime you straight in the wall the next time you're anywhere near me. Just like the sweet blend of music and counterculture that echoed off its Armco barriers in the summer of 1973, the unconventional mix of road course racing and NASCAR has become a can't-miss spectacle at Watkins Glen in the 21st century. They've been playing a different kind of tune here for quite a while, and people seem to love seeing and hearing it as much as ever. 
Such a great piece, Nate. I love it. Why do you think that this place has really stood the test of time? I mean, clearly the racing is phenomenal and right. the concert scenes are just so much fun. <laughs> but why is this a place that people continue to put on their calendars? I think there's just something about the, the camping experience there that obviously just keeps bringing fans back, Carolyn. And even though when we talk about sellouts, we're talking about the grandstands. They're going to sell those out for the fourth straight year this year. But it's the campgrounds, I think, that really are the star attraction of that place for a fan. And I heard AJ Allmendinger was talking about today that when he does hospitality on Sunday morning and goes around the campgrounds to do appearances for sponsors, he can tell that there are a lot of people here with a huge sense of anticipation about what they're going to see. And I think what's different about the Glen in the last few years is that, as we saw in, in the essay, the competition is ratcheted up. Sure. And it started with Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart, I think, really raising the bar for everybody. And as other drivers, you know, Kyle Busch and Harvick and Truex among them have become so good and proficient at road course racing, it's, it's changed the element of competition on the track where you see some of the heavy crashes or some of the last lap, um, you know, beating and banging that NASCAR fans love to see. It's, it, it races like a short track, even though it's a road course. So where do you think this road course renaissance goes from here? Because clearly the Glen right. plays such a special role in that. And now we're seeing expansion of that. Right. Well, I mean, we're going to see another road course this year, obviously, in the playoffs with the Roval at Charlotte Motor Speedway. I think there's talk about maybe doing road course races at other ovals. I mean, Pocono has a road course that their track management has talked about. You know, maybe we do a second race on our road course and then have the other race on the oval. And I think that you're going to see more road course and maybe even a street course in the future. And I think a lot of that leads off of the fact that Watkins Glen and Sonoma, but I think the Glen has had even more special moments. The moments they've had over the last 10 years or so, I think, have really transformed how NASCAR is perceived on these circuits. Because it's such a unique venue. Yeah. It's just like, who doesn't want more of that? Sure. Um, just a reminder for you guys, Cup Race from Watkins Glen Sunday on NBC. Wanted to show you the schedule here one more time. We've got Countdown to Green, 2 p.m. Eastern, race at 3. Uh, we've also got the Xfinity Race tomorrow on NBC as well. So Countdown to Green, 2 p.m. Eastern, race at 3 p.m. It's going to be a great weekend. Following the Xfinity race, it is the latest episode of Kyle Petty and Rutledge Woods Racing Roots, which features reigning Cup Series champ Martin Truex Jr. So here is a sneak peek of what you'll see there. 12 years in the Cup Series and his roller coaster career is finally reaching the peak. So Mayetta is you basically a, a small town. All right, so there's a state, then there's a county, and then there's a township, and then there's a town. Everything's slippery. Your waves, you're bouncing around, and you're standing there, and you're running this shoot. Yeah, he'd give us those to go to the go-kart track every weekend. So we'd stop here on our way to the track, and he'd give us those to put in the cooler so we had some food to eat at the track. In August of 2014, I was diagnosed with stage 3C ovarian cancer. We had a lot of doctors tell us that I wasn't going to survive five years. We're donating to Novant Health. $1.2 million. I mean, if you look at my story and you see where I came from, the chances of me getting to where I'm at are really, really slim. Good restart, Chase Elliott. Here comes the 42 on the outside. Kyle Larson, but he, does he blow it? He tucks it back in just on the other side of the curb. Jamie McMurray's able to grab that second position away, and here comes Daniel Suarez. Larson throws it away on the restart. Chase Elliott capitalizes. So does Jamie McMurray. So does Daniel Suarez. Kyle Larson able to get back on track in the fourth position as
as everybody steams up the back straightaway, getting set for a run through the bus stop. Chase Elliott with a big lead into the bus stop here, continues to keep that lead as they go to the exit. Jay McMurray not able to make up any ground, if anything, losing ground as they come into the carousel here. Looks like Chase Elliott is feeling really good about the race cars. You see, actually, Kyle Larson get very loose in the center of the carousel. Neil handling car there, Jeff. Yeah, Kyle Larson lost a lot of ground. You saw how free he got and how quickly Matt Kenseth closed that gap. So they're going to battle side by side. Like we now, Martin Truex Jr., Martin Truex Jr., remember, he pitted. He's trying to work his way back to the front. That was a lap around Watkins Glen last year, and we are bringing it back this weekend. We've got Mike Bagley of Sirius XM NASCAR Radio and MRN. He is going to be in the S's. You heard his voice there. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to call the action from the interloop and the carousel. You know that is going to be a blast. And that takes you down to turn six where Jeff Burton is going to be. We also have Rick Allen and Steve Letarte who will be in the booth. So it's going to be a really fun weekend. Parker Kligerman racing on Sunday. He and Jeff Burton shared their perspectives on the Glen earlier today. Parker at Watkins Glen, this has turned into one of the most fun weekends of the year for the fans. But for the drivers, it's intense from the minute the track opens. No doubt, and we've actually added a little bit of fun from the sky. It's yes. sprinkling right now, a little bit of rain today. We saw Xfinity cars in the rain, K&N cars in the rain, and the atmosphere is so awesome. I mean, we see campers everywhere. Some of the fans were out here today. Even as it rained, we still see them in the grandstand. So it's just an overall awesome atmosphere and an awesome weekend. I think when I come here, I think about how much is on the line. We're getting to the point in both series where everybody's starting to look at points. And this is a racetrack where you can gain a lot of points. It's also a racetrack you can lose a lot of points. This is an extremely fast road course, and there's so many dangerous spots on this track. Yeah, and it's just there's a lot of variables. You know, that's the thing for drivers. There's so much happening, shifting, braking, all different corners, the track changing. And you know what the coolest part is? Your vantage point this year is the same as we did last year, the radio call, so you're going to be able to call it from the corners, which was so much fun last year. Well, I, I'm not so sure. I think your vantage point is probably the best. You're, <laughs> you're driving, so you're going to have yeah. the best seat. But it is awesome, you know, uh, watching. I'm in turn six and turn seven up on a lift and seeing those cars come at me. I mean, they are flying, you know, and uh, Bagley, he's got the, the S's. Junior, he's going to be in your spot down there in the interloop where he'll, all the action He'll happens. have a lot of chances to yell trouble. So your goal is to not give him something to talk about I, over there. I want to give you guys something good to talk about. We're like, you know, I'm maybe do, doing good things. I'm going fast. You, you remarked maybe one time like, hey, I've noticed that 96 car is the fastest through this corner. That'd be really nice of you to say. If you are, I will. Oh, perfect. So all no right? pressure. Well, <laughs> so you get to tune in on Sunday to find out whether or not he can be the guy that's the fastest who turns six. <laughs> you think Jeff Burton is excited about the weekend? I think he is. And I wonder, Nate, you said that he mentioned he may have control over that tower. He That's has some kind said. of remote. Yeah, he that said, sounds dangerous. He said during the NBC Sports uh, app broadcast of the practice today, Carolyn, that he, they let him use the uh, hydraulics on that lift. So <laughs> it was also entertaining to hear him and Parker today encourage everybody to try to get out on the track in the rain. You, you could hear it in their, their infectiousness there yeah. about wanting to see these guys race as much as possible. You know, they got some takers, but probably not as many as they would have It like. goes back to your essay in the last segment it's such a fun special right. place to be that right. I just feel like it elevates everything Parker Kligerman may be in my fantasy lineup I don't know about yours but you're gonna have to stay tuned for that me. towards the end of the show <laughs> but if you have been with us all week we really have been trying to celebrate as best we can the racing heritage of New York State Jeff Bodine is a very big part of that heritage he earned 18 Cup Series wins in his career and his last victory came back in 1996 Nate you know this it came on his home turf at Watkins Glen 
Monon is side by side with Aaron Driver trying to make a move. Can you imagine that pass net through the oh, S's? Yeah. What a move by Jeff Bodine. Well, can the hometown favorite pull off a win here today? Bodine grew up just a few miles from Watkins Glen. He's waving to the crowd as he goes by. <laughs> and here is Jeff Bodine coming off corner number 11. He wins the butt of the Glen. There is one happy guy. And this is home in two ways. Back home in Chemaugan, Chemaugan County, Victor Lane. And it's good to see Jeff Bodine and the team celebrating the victory at his hometown track. And today's My Home Track looks at tracks around the Watkins Glen area. One of them is Outlaw Speedway. It's a four-tenths mile clay oval in Dundee. And the track hosts racing from April all the way to October. Its weekly schedule includes just about everything. Modifieds all the way to four cylinders. Outlaw Speedway has been around for more than six decades. It was taken over in 2016 by Tyler Seary. And Seary is a racer himself. In fact, he won at this year's Dirt Car Nationals. He and his team at Outlaw preparing for a very, very big fall. This September, Tony Stewart is going to be in attendance when his all-star circuit of champions comes to outlaw the world of outlaws late models also going to race there that much so a lot of things to look forward to and another key track near Watkins Glen is the Shemong Speedrome that launched the racing careers of the Bodine brothers many NASCAR fans know Jeff and Brett and Todd what kind of mark do you think they left on NASCAR uh, a pretty big one and I think what's funny Carolyn is that Shemong Speedway started because Jeff Bodine's grandfather as well as Todd and Brett uh, was asked by racers in the community to build that track. They weren't actually a racing family until the family built Shemung Speedway in 1951. And then Jeff and Brett and Todd all became racers. And of course, they're still around NASCAR today. Brett works for NASCAR itself. Todd involved with doing some TV commentary. Um, Jeff still comes to tracks as well. Uh, there's no question that they have left an indelible mark on NASCAR. And it's funny that it all started because their family was asked, hey, you've got a lot of farmland here in New York. Would you mind building a speedway? Yeah. And now they all race. <laughs> it's been so much fun to just take a look around and celebrate all these home tracks in that way and see the marks that have been made all across the country. We haven't mentioned Brad Keselowski yet in the show. He has not been to victory lane in the Cup Series since last year's playoffs. However, a lot of people are talking about him as a potential driver to watch this weekend. A win would put him in the race for a second Cup Series title officially. We're going to hear from him next on NASCAR America. Welcome back, everybody. So Brad Keselowski has finished second three times in the Cup Series at Watkins Glen. Will Sunday finally see him come out on top? Dave Burns spoke with Brad about his chances this weekend. So, Carolyn, for Brad, Watkins Glen comes at a time when he's pretty good on points but could use that win. A lot of folks have been saying it may be the equalizer for you this weekend. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that uh, some of the things that we're probably fighting as a team carry over to here. But, uh, you know, I, I enter each race thinking that, uh, you know, Dave, we have a shot to win and that we've made the advancements we need to, to go in because you have to. You can't win if you enter the race weekend defeated. And then, you know, if we don't have the speed, we have to tune down and, and do what's realistic for our car and our team. So with that in mind, we feel like we can come here at this point in the weekend and, and run up front and win the race here at Watkins Glen. It's been a good track for us. We've been in position to win this race, it seems like, four or five times, and it's kind of slipped through our fingers. Uh, so we're, uh, we're hopeful we can pull it off this year. 
I was thinking about that. Does that grind on you a little bit to know you've been that close that many times because you're so good here? Yeah, you know, you, you try to reference it and, and think of the races that you've won that you probably shouldn't have and then think of the ones that you didn't win that you probably should have. And this is definitely one of those in the columns of tracks where we should have won at and haven't. The warm-up on Saturday, how important is that to you? Because I know it seems like every year uh, Team Penske puts in two or three cars just to make sure the cup drivers have a good shot. Well, we love running here at Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen is one of my favorite racetracks. Um, you know, I, I, people ask me all the time, what's the difference between Watkins Glen and other road courses? And, I, and I'll tell them, this is a real racetrack. Most of the road courses we go to are parking lots, like a Walmart parking lot with cones set up, and you just drive around the curves, and they're slow, and they're real tight where this track is super fast, it's got banking, it's got all kinds of different transitions that are a really big challenge for us. And I like that challenge, I like racing here. And uh, so running the Xfinity Series to me is uh, just as much about learning and getting my, my skills you know, sharpened as it is about just having fun as a race car driver at a racetrack. We expect Sunday to be hotter and drier. What does that do to Watkins Glen? Well, Watkins Glen's a track that I always feel like goes through a lot of changes throughout the weekend, David. Tends to get dirty uh, when it gets slick and hot. You know, guys run off the racetrack. They bring the dirt up on the racetrack. Um, and then, of course, uh, the rubber gets laid down, and you start to lose forward bite and all those things. So it's a, a tough track to get a hold of as it gets hotter. But in these cooler uh, conditions like we have, uh, at least for now, it, it's got a lot of grip when it's not raining. And it's a real racetrack, Carolyn. I, I hate to say he's uh, kind of dissed your cones in the parking lot you've set up out there for <laughs> NASCAR America. But uh, he's looking forward to both Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> no offense taken, Dave. So look here, outside the big three, Brad Keselowski has the best odds to win Sunday's race. And this is according to the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook. So he's 8-1, to one, according to his Penske teammate, Joey Logano, and also Clint Boyer. Keselowski, like he said, never won at the Glen in the Cup Series. This takes us to our fantasy segment. It is week six of our NASCAR America Fantasy League. Nate, who you got here? Uh, I, I like Kyle Busch to win, and uh, I like Just the big three. Just rained on our Brad Kozlowski parade right I, off the I bat. I feel like I'm off Parker Kligerman's Christmas card list because, obviously, <laughs> he's in your garage. I have A.J. Allmendinger in mine, and then I, I've also got Clint Boyer and Kurt Busch. Uh, among my five. So, okay. So, by the way, you can always go to Roto World. You know Dan Beaver. Dan Beaver does an Read excellent his job. column. He gives you all kinds of great advice. He is suggesting both Bush brothers. I know you mentioned Kurt earlier on in the show. He says Denny Hamlin could be a potential pick as well. Yes. As you said, I put our buddy Parker Kligerman <laughs> in the garage because if something crazy happens, he's shooting for maybe top 20, top 25, but if something wild happens out there, you never hey, know. Where it is, he's a road course ringer. I will. Where it is, he is a sort of, kind of road course ringer. Um, so that's my lineup. I like the big three. I put Brad Kozlowski in there as well. And I think I might um, switch a couple things up before race weekend. Because the track is going to change and the weather's changing. And I might, something else might happen along the way. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's a wise decision. You're doing way better than I am in the fantasy league. By the way, use the hashtag <laughs> victory lap this weekend. We are taking your questions Sunday right here on NBCSN after the race. You can hit NBCSports.com slash NASCAR all weekend to get the latest from Nate. We'll see you Sunday. Hashtag Victory Lap. See you there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.